to the Living Enlightened podcast. I'm Michelle from Michelle R. Price, the Lightworker. And I did have Beck with me five seconds ago, but she's actually just had a sudden blackout. So I'm uh, going to be talking to you guys just myself. And if Beck can join us again, that'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, at the moment, she's in the dark. So we, um, I'm just on my own uh, at the moment. So welcome to the show. Now, um, we do have an awesome theme today. Well, not awesome, probably not awesome is the best word, um, but I do have a theme today and that is uh, chronic pain and attachment to that. And I sort of want to group in serious injuries and attachment to that as well and how that can actually change the course of your life. So um, we're actually um, going to have a look at that because I just think it's quite interesting and a lot of it you know, is around language, you know, sometimes the language we use may give us more attachment to these different things that are going on. So um, that's what we were discussing today. Before we get into it, though, and I do have a card here um, to give you guys some guidance for the week. And because it's just me at the moment, I've driven, I draw three different cards. And um, so I'll do that in a second. But um, I guess I just wanted to share a little bit about my week and what's uh, been going on for myself. Uh, and normally Beck would do this with me as well. But unfortunately, she's in the dark. So um, what's really interesting is I've got a um, had some really interesting readings and some inc- interesting synchronicities going on uh, in my connections. And often I do find that readings really blend into one another where the themes um, or the, you know, jobs people do or whatever that may be, um, they all seem to, you know, have some sort of similarity or something in common. And it was interesting. I was talking to a lady yesterday and um, I just mentioned that I've read for a lot of women who work in the mines. And often after a reading with me, they then change their jobs and uh, they're quite happy, you know, working there. Um, But after that, they get into more environmental things or things that are a bit cleaner and greener. So I find that quite interesting. And then straight after that reading, I met a lady who works in the mines and she's a truck driver. So I just thought that was a really interesting sort of synchronicity. And it just goes to show a lot of the time that, you know, the timing is everything and it's always perfect. So uh, there are no accidents, basically. Um, but in terms of that, um, that lady was very interesting. She'd actually had a cousin um, who was murdered. And so we did a bit of work um, with me being a forensic medium, did a bit, a bit of work around that. And I've since heard from another one of their relatives um, and they're really interested in talking to me as well because no one's actually been charged um, in relation to that murder. So, uh, and it was in the news, which is something I picked up in the reading. Uh, It was in the media. And um, yeah, it's a really interesting story. And this is sometimes how we um, as light workers can actually really assist and whether the police take it seriously, don't know. But um, bits and pieces of what I've said were in the autopsy and you can't really argue with that. So Pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Uh, but those synchronicities are, um, you know, something that I also can't ignore. And I guess that's something to do with um, me becoming a more spiritual being, where I sort of see all the connections. Um, and you know, timing. Uh, often, I had a lady yesterday who had to delay her reading by, I think it was a week or two, and she wanted to ask me a bunch of things that were re- really relevant to someone at her workplace that was causing some issues. And the funny thing is, the day of the reading the day before the reading, um, a decision decision had been made about that other person that was causing difficulties and they'd actually been uh, booted out of the company. So it was a very different conversation um, that we had and I just felt like that was meant to be before, you know, it was meant to happen before um, and that's why her reading was delayed because she's normally very good and she actually forgot (laughs) entirely about her reading which is very unlike her. Now, um, what I want to talk about today, as I mentioned, was uh, chronic pain. But before I get into that and uh, illness and injury, uh, before I get into that, 
wanted to share some of the cards that I've um, picked for today. Um, and I did do three, as I said, because Bex are in a blackout situation at the moment. So um, it's just me today. But uh, the first card that came out, this is my Crystal Grid Oracle deck, and it's by Nicolette McIntosh. So I'll put the uh, link into show notes for Nicola McIntosh's deck. Uh, so you can all track her down. Um, but basically what we're talking about here is number one is peace. And the cards are Solacite and Tree Agate. Now, these are a beautiful pale blue, these crystals. Really, really um, beautiful, quite angelic looking, to be honest. But uh, blue is always to do with the throat space and speaking up. And what's been really interesting lately is the encouragement, um, certainly in my readings, of people to speak up, being more assertive, and especially women, because a lot of women I come across have a lot of issues with their throat space, and they uh, really hold on to a lot of stuff uh, and don't say things. And that can cause, you know, physical issues, which will be thyroid, hypo or hyper thyroidism and uh, that can also lead to Hashimoto's and other problems down the track so an interesting one to have a look at at the moment um, and I'm just adding that into show notes as I speak um, is speaking up so that of course leads to peace and that was a big theme yesterday with a lot of people who aren't speaking up they're not speaking their truth um, you know people in work situations where you're not able to say certain things and certainly if you're working in medical industries um, not a great place to be um, if you want to have a say because there's a lot of things you can't say um, and speak up about. So that's our first card. So that um, is about speaking up, you know, leading to hopefully a bit more peace um, for you guys. And uh, the other card that I drew is transition. Um, so this is a double three uh, master number and uh, three for me is courage, strength, all of those good things. Um, and the transition card has a picture of the moon cycling through its cycles. And we all obviously just had a recently a full moon. Um, however, this is being recorded, so we'll broadcast later. Uh, but we recently had a full moon here from the time this is being recorded. And so I've got various um, representations of the moon here. Uh, so new moon and full moon. Um, and that's what the transition is talking about. So it's um, moving into almost a rebirth um, or an awakening phase. So we have just been through a big gateway from the 3rd to the 7th of July, um, which was really challenging for heart, really challenging for money, um, really bringing up a lot of triggering for people. Um, the crystal is Lipotolite, which is um, showing up as purple on this card, connecting into the crown space. And, um, you know, so we're going through a lot of uh, big changes through those strength and courage. We can get through it. We never get thrown anything um, bigger than what we can handle. So remembering that. The third card that I drew moving forward, so future, is deep healing and it's Azurite and Malachite. So Malachite connects into the heart. Azurite is heart and throat. Um, and this is getting into a deeper form of healing. There's sacred geometry in the picture here, uh, representing balance in all things, balance um, between work and play. So family life, personal life. Um, one and four, the number on the card is five, and that's all about major change. So changing things up, we're not doing things the same way anymore. And deep healing also relates really these days. Um, at the moment, certainly the connections I'm doing is all about the ancestors, past life and lineage. Everyone's really trying to clear the karma. Um, and that was certainly a big theme um, for me yesterday. Everyone was really trying to do that work. So I'll take a photo, I'll put that into the show notes, and then that'll end up on social media. Um, so everyone can sort of see the cards for the week. Um, so we might get into the show. I'm still waiting for Beck to sort of um, reach out and let me know that she's actually um, got power again. So I'll just jump in. And then if she does, is able to join us, I will uh, bring her in. Um, and fingers crossed that she'll be able to do that. I'm just taking a little 
beautiful photo as we go and popping them in. Uh, now, so getting into the theme today, um, it is chronic pain or illness and injury and that sort of thing um, and attachment. So attachment to those things. Now, what I wanted to talk about, I guess, first of all, is I've got this amazing inspirational older friend of mine um, and she's on the Sunshine Coast. She's in her 90s. I think she's like 92 and she just blows my mind. She's um, really incredible in terms of, um, you know, her um, memory, um, her independence, you know, all the different things that she's able to do herself. Um, she does everything herself, lives on her own. She's just amazing. Um, and she said to me, you know, recently that she never wants to go into a home. You know, she doesn't want to do that. So, um, you know, I think that she's incredibly uh, strong lady and, you know, in her 90s and still doing everything, making a dinner. She doesn't even have helpers coming in. So I just find that really inspirational. And I guess in comparison to her, she actually um, has a lot of uh, garden uh, flowers in her garden. So she actually takes her little flowers around to different shops and hands them out so they can display them. And she just does it because she really enjoys it. She does all the floral arrangements at a church and things as well. So that gives her a big sense of joy. And I guess, you know, in terms of this and by way of comparison, I've got a young friend who's probably 10 years younger than me. And uh, she, you know, sort of talks a lot about not being able to do housework, um, you know, loading and loading the dishwasher, hanging out the clothing, um, talks a lot about not being able to work. So she hasn't worked in about, you know, seven or eight years or something. And she says basically because she's got a, um, a back issue, like a sore back or something, but she's never actually had a diagnosis. And um, she's currently going through a separation from a husband. And it's just been interesting to see from that point, you know, knowing her for a few years now. And now that she's going through a separation, she's living on her own. She's actually doing the housework. She's doing all of the things that she said she couldn't do. And she has a job. So it's uh, quite a turnaround. And you just kind of wonder, because, I mean, in the back of my mind, the entire time I've known her, I've thought, well, is it in her head, you know? Is there something where, you know, in her mind, she's convinced herself that she's basically with a disability, but no one can actually find anything wrong? So, you know, and there's no judgment here. It's just a debate or a discussion, I guess, um, and using them as an example. 92-year-old who's doing everything herself, and then this other person who um, basically says she can't do anything um, and doesn't have a diagnosis for that. So is it psychosomatic? You know, is it something that's in uh, her mind? Um, and, you know, and potentially having that mindset that there is something wrong when there may not be anything wrong, could that lead to other actual conditions, you know, physical illnesses and ailments and things like that? So can we talk ourselves into disease is what I sort of wanted to um, make a point of there. So continuing on, because obviously Becca's not here, um, so I'm just going to keep talking until um, she shows up. Um, recently, my dad, well, not recently, I mean, a month and a half ago, I think dad was put in hospital and, um, he didn't seem, it didn't seem like a big deal. He had a high blood pressure and a few things. Um, his heart rate was sort of above 200, which isn't great because he's in his seventies. Um, but he did have a clean bill of health from his, um, you know, doctors and all of that. So, um, yeah, cholesterol is good, you know, everything's great. Um, so he had no problems, but he did get a bit stressed out. He went to a um, cinema and didn't have, um, his seat was already occupied by somebody else and uh, tried to make them leave. They weren't thrilled about that. They got into a big debate and discussion about it and um, dad ended up in hospital <laughs> with a very high blood pressure. So that said, um, they weren't really sure what was causing the pain though. So he's getting a lot of pain and he had some symptoms that he felt like might be a sign of heart attack or something like that. So they were doing all these tests and um, didn't really find anything, but it was in an immense pain. So they started putting on painkillers and that led to um, one thing to another. And um, next minute he's in hospital for, you know, three weeks and he was seriously ill. 
and no one seemed to be able to understand or figure out what was going on. In the end, they figured out, you know, it was his gallbladder and, you know, he had all the signs and symptoms of gallbladder. Um, but what had been happening was because um, we went to visit him at one point and he was so dosed up on drugs that he didn't even recognise his wife, his daughter, me, or my husband, his son-in-law. He didn't even realise we are in the room. And to this day, because um, he's still in hospital, he doesn't remember us being there on that day. So he's still in there and he now can't walk and he's pretty upset because he's back conscious again. He was in ICU. He did go into intensive care because he nearly died um, because the gallbladder was so toxic. His stomach was like a massive balloon. And I just, when I visited him, I thought there's something really wrong here. He was sweating, you know, sort of going, this is not normal. You know, he was trying to pull the blankets off himself. He was just in all sorts. And I just thought, how is no one, you know, doing anything here? This seems really weird. So next minute they did an emergency operation, got the gallbladder out. He's 100% ready to go home. So he's still in hospital because he can't walk because he's been um, immobile for over a month. So I just sort of thought about this as I was watching him go through this whole process. And, um, you know, with all the painkillers and everything that was going on, because one of the things um, that we did recently, my husband and I just did Kokoda. So there's a Sunshine Coast Kokoda Challenge in Queensland. There's Brisbane and a Gold Coast one as well, varying uh, distances, but we did the 30K. And one of the things we talked about was not taking too many painkillers because a lot of people take neurofen just prevent inflammation and things like that because a lot of people have knee issues going up and down the big hills. So um, we sort of talked about not doing too much of that stuff. And I actually never took any. I didn't take any because I wear um, magnetic knee braces so that it prevents the pain a bit. And, um, you know, when you are on like a lot of uh, painkillers so you don't feel stuff, um, you don't really know what's going on with the body. And so, you know, if there is something serious, um, some sort of injury or something like that, you don't feel it. And that was kind of the situation, I think, when we did Kokoda, and that's why we, you know, stuck to pretty much no uh, pain medication and we were fine. Um, but in that situation, I mean, he couldn't even communicate. When we went in to see him, he didn't recognise us. He was dosed to the eyeballs. His breathing was really laboured. It was a very scary situation. And at that point, he was pretty much, he was almost dead. We found out later. And he couldn't communicate that. So when we went in and I sort of started talking about what I was looking at, you know, the physical, the sweating, the stomach was really distended, the whole thing. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a nurse, um, but luckily the lady came in and paid a bit of attention and she sort of said, yeah, this is not right. Um, she was a new nurse that had just come on board. Um, there's something not right about this situation. And thankfully they looked into it and they got the gallbladder out just in time. Um, but it was a very close call. So I guess my feeling is, you know, from all of this is that, you know, hopefully, you know, dad doesn't sort of, you know, go downhill from this point. You know, he seems to want to come back. He seems to want to come out of hospital, learn to walk again. His legs are very, very skinny, um, as you can imagine, from lying down so long. And um, but he wants to come back and he wants to get back to playing his game of golf. He loves golf um, and was a very active person for someone who's 74. And I really hope that he can get back to what he was. But, you know, sometimes it can go either way, you know, where people kind of go, oh, well, that was really hard for me. And they kind of remain in that, you know, headspace and, you know, don't fully recover um, and don't get back to their normal lives. And honestly, after seeing what happened to dad, I can understand now why people go into hospital and sometimes they, and this is no criticism of hospitals because, you know, no nurses are run off their feet, everyone's super busy, but we can miss things from time to time, you know, and um Thankfully, I was heard and listened to because um, I did was fully aware that there was something really wrong. And mum and my husband felt the same way. They all felt like yeah, there was something definitely not right. Um, but I can understand how people go in and um, all of a sudden, you know, they end up 
very unwell and uh, and die unexpectedly. A friend of mine's mother-in-law went into hospital with um, a she didn't realize she had sepsis, but um, she had a few symptoms and sort of ended up going to hospital and um, she died very quickly. And now they're having her funeral. Uh, and she'd been at home looking, you know, li- living uh, independently and all the rest of it. Um, no real issues, uh, but she all of a sudden, yeah, just wasn't well and died very suddenly. And it can happen. And that's certainly no one's fault. That's just an observation more so. But I guess the the idea of today's theme um, and why I wanted to talk about this is that we don't want to get caught up in that merry-go-round of just, this is me, this is my problem and this is me. And I guess, you know, that can be grouped into whether we um, suffer from, you know, depression or anxiety, you know, I'm anxious or I have depression or I have mental illness. You know, it's important to talk about these things, absolutely. But I think what we're doing better is actually talking about our feelings when people are younger now um, at school, you know, people, our parents or teachers asking their students or their kids, you know, what's going on with you? How are you feeling? How does that feel in your body? You know, what do you, um, what do you identify the um, anxiety with? Um, And Becca looks like she's got power again. So I will invite her back into the chat. Um, which is very exciting. So she'll be able to join us right at the end, which is great. Um, so I'm just going, that's why I'm just uh, sort of talking like this because I'm just trying to find her and send her an invite. Uh, okay, so that's been done. Um, yeah, and I guess, you know, the best example that I have is with my um, hamstring that I did, my hamstring injury that I did when I was doing parkrun. And it was right before I went on um, and did jet trek with uh, Jason. I was driving for him. So thankfully I was sitting down a lot. But, um, yeah, I guess I didn't want to identify with that injury. And, um, you know, so basically I just went to town on my leg. I was doing Reiki. I was doing everything I could to get this injury better because I guess I didn't want it to be an excuse. And Beck has just joined us as she's sitting here now um, next to me, um, virtually sitting next to me. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to have that uh, hamstring kind of excuse for me not to do things. And that's because that's not me. You know, if I had to let that, you know, go on and on, um, I wouldn't have done Kokoda, wouldn't have done all these amazing things that I've now managed to do. And um, the Reiki, you know, Reiki is amazing for speeding up recovery and also really great for pain relief. And Reiki actually assists, you know, works on the hormones and uh, glands, the endocrine system, but it also assists blood flow. It helps with circulation. So if you're trying to heal something, that's the best way to heal it is get the blood in there. And that's why people use cupping. You know, if you go to get acupuncture or whatever, um, they use cupping to draw the blood into those particular areas and um, speed up the healing process. So um, that's something that I guess I would highly recommend um, is, you know, getting some healing, getting some Reiki, you know, whatever other forms of healing are out there, um, you know, uh, and definitely cupping, you know, drawing the blood into the area, great. But, you know, I just don't want it to become an identity. And speech is a really important thing. I have people come in and they're like, oh, Michelle, I've got this back issue and I've got this leg issue and I've got this hip issue and I've got these migraines and I've got, you know, I suffer from this and I suffer from that. And there's a lot of language that we use. And suffering isn't, you know, I guess the positive. And so when I'm talking about something, I try to switch it. So if I go to say something that's in sort of negative way, and even when I'm replying to clients, if I say not a problem, there's a not, there's a no. So I will say, it's my pleasure, you know, um, anytime, you know, I'm trying to use positive language in every way, shape or form, because that's really, that's really something I caught up someone uh, up on the other day who said, I think she said, I've got a back um, problem or a spinal issue or something. And I said to her, no, no, no. Um, You know, I um, have a bit of pain in my back. I think I said to her, um, 
but it's, you know, not stopping me from doing anything, for example. So, you know, it's just really simple uh, change of language and making that a little bit more positive. Beck, um, you've just jumped in. Did you have anything you wanted to sort of say here? I was just talking about, I guess, identifying with pain and allowing it to become, you know, part of your identity because some yeah. people kind of do. Yeah, well, thanks for having me back. Yeah, no worries. It's right at the end, but that's okay. I was sort of looking for something. I'm like, oh, my God, what can I talk about? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, no, I, what you're saying, Michelle, really is important. Words are super important, and we've spoken about this many times um, regarding manifestations and just trying to put ourselves on that more positive path. But it does go the same with, you know, not just um, – things that you want to come into your life and but but what you're actually doing with your physical self as well and um you know and and sometimes it comes up to with with physical pain it can be things like ego versus just denial or versus spiritual in itself again um so when i say the ego versus spiritual pain versus you know denial of of the pain that you have um, I guess ego and denial sort of go along where you don't want to accept that there is something there and you just sort of push it to the side and then it sort of gets worse and worse and worse and builds up and, and you don't want that to, to really occur. So um, a lot of the time, and, and I've been through previously, and I don't want to go too much into it and spend too much time on it, so I'm going to keep it to like under 17 seconds. Um, <clears throat> I've had chronic things like... Um, endometriosis, all these sorts of things going through through the time, but gradually getting better as I'm moving forward and, and um, you know, mindset, spiritual set, and, and just sort of addressing it like, yes, I feel this today and acknowledging it and then releasing it, which is a really good thing to do as, as far as, um, you know, cleaning up your energy in, in that regard. But um, sometimes, sometimes with um, pain and the spiritual aspect of it, um, it is sort of a lot of people can push it aside um, but not realising that it's that, that's, that, that calling to actually of your higher self asking you to address it so that it can move those blockages. Yeah, that's a really good point. You made two really good points there, Beck. One of them I wanted to comment on, um, and that was the first point that you made. Um, in relation to what you're saying with endometriosis, for example, one of the biggest things that I do when someone presents to me with a condition is I go to Louise Hayes Heal Your Body, the book, and because it's got that beautiful glossary in the back of it. And of course, um, Louise, Hull, uh, Louise Hay rather has um, has passed away, but her book is incredible. And the stuff that she's left, um, you know, she was definitely ahead of her time. And when you look at things like whether it's endometriosis or, you know, polycystic ovarian syndrome or whatever it is, you know, she's got everything in the urinary tract infections, everything, all of those things are caused by the emotions. And so, um, yes. you know, before that, before we get into that, you know, because I mean, obviously endometriosis, I don't know what the emotional cause of that is, but, you know, when you look back um, into past lives and things like this, you know, the things we bring in with us or, you know, I don't know, Beck may know, um, but yeah, with with all of those things, you know, especially with um, UTIs, whenever I say to someone that comes in with one of them and I go, you know what, 
have a look at the relationships between yourself because it's usually it's women mostly that I see with them. Um, have a look at your relationships with uh, men, so father, husband, brother, partner, and see what that does for you. And in every case, hands down, um, they find it, they look at it, they address it, and it passes, and they don't have them anymore. And that's me personally. I had UTIs for years and years. I had a lot of issues with them. It kept getting up, um, coming up again and up again. Um, and I was going to hospital, having kidney issues, the whole thing. Um, but it's bitterness. Literally, it's bitterness. And it makes sense because it's like an acidy, kind of unpleasant, uncomfortable feeling in your in your urinary tract. Um, so it's bitterness. Once we address the bitterness and the person it's attached to, um, the thing heals. Beck, you wanted to say something? Yeah, yeah. No, I was I was going to say just just when. As you said, that's why I was like jumped up and my hands are flying around yeah. like, yes, yeah. um, emotions, trauma. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, so for me, it was a lot of the trauma that I had, you know, my body just got to a point where it was like, you can't deal with this anymore and it affects you. So these things affect you physically um, and then addressing those helps clear those those pathways and you do you feel so much better within yourself i mean how many times have we heard um you know if you're and i'm just sort of probably stereotyping here but you know if you're married to an electrician your lights don't work yeah (laughs) Um, yeah i'm not married to an electrician so that's that's okay that's not why i had a power out today but um if you're married to an electrician your your lights don't work uh most counselors or psychologists, um, the, the majority of them are people who have had trauma in their life that they've dealt with and have now moved forward to help. Yeah. Um, sort of light working in that sense. People like us, Michelle, yeah. there are things that happen with us that make us sort of help shift us, give us the momentum to get into to the path that we're, we're in. Completely. So definitely the emotions, uh, the trauma, all of that, it, it – um, do the work, do the self-work, acknowledge it, release it, um, obviously get medical attention if you need to, but um, it, it's, it's just amazing how it all inter, interlocks. Yeah, it's um, what I was going to say to you then as well as with the, because um, we are just talking about endometriosis as an example, mm. what I actually want, I wonder whether it is um, and whether you feel this, but I wonder whether it is like, because it's kind of, you know, scar tissue and sort of layers of, you know, growths and, and things like that. It, it's almost like the body trying to build up almost a protection, like almost like layers of protection. I wonder if that's kind of what it is. If there is a trauma and then the body's way of sort of building up like a, a barrier almost or a protection around um, almost in an internal sense. I don't know if you agree with that, but that was just my feeling as I was listening to you. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um or it could be just that it's sort of gotten to a boi- point where your your body's saying to you that you need to do something about this. You've got to mm-hmm. you've got to let it go. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, I've yeah. I mean, I've seen with Louise Hay. Like, I've seen so many amazing yeah. cases of healing with um, my girlfriend's grandmother, who was yeah, she was like probably in the seventies or something. I think when it happened, but she had uh, cancer. Was diagnosed as terminal um, stage four. There was no cure. You know, they were just basically maintaining um you know her at that point and um she got down to I don't know 30 or 40 kilos there was nothing of her she was a skin and bone and um, I looked up Louise Hay I looked up the organ that it was attached to and the cancer and what it all meant and it was um that she hadn't let go of her husband after he died she hadn't grieved him so she still walked around um thinking that he was going to walk through the door again and Mm. um and her body wasn't coping with that because it wasn't the truth 
So I feel like denial is a big thing, you know, and not accepting. We talked about that earlier, accepting your emotions and grieving and all of that stuff. Um, and that was her thing. So she actually dealt with the husband's death, um, did a few things, had a little memorial, did a little ceremony, you know, all of this stuff. Um, Cause often, you know, funerals happen so quickly, don't they? Like it's like around the corner and it's like five days later, you're doing a funeral. And I mean, you're still in shock. So a lot of the time, I'm sure people just go through uh, funerals in kind of a, a zombie-like state oh. and don't even really process anything. That's right. No time to process. No time to process. Yeah. So, um, you know, she went through, did all of that, and she's still alive. That yep. was um, that would have been 15, 15 years ago or something. So mm-hmm. she'd be well into her, you know, 80s um, or something, close to 90s, um, and she's still alive. And she was terminal. The doctors just went, there's no hope. And that's all it was. I just gave her that, that little bit of information and she went, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Wow, you know. So this is powerful stuff. I mean, I do feel like um, with, you know, what we're talking about, chronic pain, attachment, illness, disease, that, you know, people just need those little morsels of information and it's not always a terminal, you know, condition. Um, a lot of the time it's just people coming to us with back or neck or head or, you know, whatever. Hip um, is a big one and hips control. Whenever someone comes to me with hip stuff and, you know, you get to know it off by hand, but it's like, oh, hip is control. And then you have a look at all the cards. Everything's showing control. Everything's showing OCD. Everything's showing that has to be there. That has to be there. Um, It's like, you know, we're trying to control all these aspects of life um, and we're holding that in the hips and we're not doing yoga. Not everyone's doing yoga. Not everyone's, you know, crossing their legs. People get out of bed. They're stiff as a board. Walk around. Walking around doesn't, you know, stretch your hips or anything like that. Here's Beck and I doing Kundalini every morning. We're like, let me tell you, we're stretching our hips out. Um, oh I, yeah. I, I really felt. <laughs> oh, I really because I haven't done yoga for a while. Not not you know seven days a week. You know for forty days. Um, well, what are we? In? We're like 22, 21, 22 days. In. Three weeks. Three weeks today. I think Friday wow. was when we started. So yeah, about that. <laughs> Um, through our 21 days so you know you really feel your hips and that's control so it's like if you can get in there and you can sit quite comfortably with your hips you know in a cross-legged position um, you're probably doing pretty well you know but it's all about the emotion and that's all it is so you really don't want to have that you know the hips the knees knees are fear of the future you know feet ankle issues it's all support back is support so people come in with back 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 issues, and I just say you know you're not accepting support. People are around you; they're trying to help you, and they're like, mm. <laughs> mm. "Yeah, that look," and you're like, "Oh, they know what I'm talking about." And and it's funny too because some of these conditions, and this is just my personal experience, so I'm not a medical professional, um, but some of these um, conditions, uh, it the diet is a big factor. Some things will definitely trigger it more than than others. And I think it's just sort of sitting back and and taking note of how you're feeling and what's going on. And, um, you know, you eat something, how are you feeling? It's um, taking the time to sort of sit there and say, well, how is this sitting? Is this feeling heavy for me? This is probably not the best thing if it's too heavy for me at the moment. Or am I eating too much of this? Um, you know, one of one of the big things I, I used to get all the time was around that time of the month, um, when my period was due, I would be craving salt. Mm, really common. Big time. So I'd be eating like twisties. <laughs> I love twisties. <laughs> mm. My salt things, just you know, and I would like have a full big packet of them just because I just needed that salt. But then with that salt was making me thirsty so I was drinking more water that's it yeah you know, yeah was it, well not the best thing to do everything in right. moderation obviously but 
see how you're feeling, how it's affecting you. What you're saying is really true too, but the better thing to go to rather than twisties is um, miso. So with miso soup, miso soup is very good for the blood pressure and all you're craving the sulfur is because that's part of the blood circulation. It's important for that. So it's like miso will actually help with blood production because you're about to lose blood, you know, potentially. So um, that's how the body prepares. So something at home um, is if you're craving the salty stuff, get some miso soup, you know, you buy them in the little packets, chuck them in your water. Bob's your uncle, and um, that will actually help you with blood production and things like that. So it helps with the uh, blood pressure. Big game changer for me was sugar. So yeah. instead of having like sugar in my cup That's or something, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I do. I still do drink coffee. Um, I'm finding now with this this, this kundi, uh, kundalini that we're doing in the mornings, I'm not actually finishing a cup of coffee. Isn't that interesting? Which is really really cool. Yeah. Um, but I'm having just enough to, you know, balance everything, I guess. It's mm-hmm. sort of pushing itself. It's clearing, clearing itself out. Um, but sugar, I replace that with honey. So if I ever felt like I needed that sweet, I do have a little bit of chocolate here or a little sweet here or something like that. But I found that replacing sugar with honey, um, even in my coffees, um, was a big game changer for me. Big one. Yeah, big one. And that's just, I mean, how easy is that to do? Yeah, that's it. Even maple syrup. Maple syrup's a really good substitute as well. Now I want pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> when you, um, whenever I make those balls, if you've ever made raw balls, um, and they're fantastic as a snack, you know, is a re- really great example. Um, they're great as a snack because the thing is with sugar, sugar is incredibly inflammatory. So whenever I have people mm. with arthritis, um, you know, a lot of people have knee issues where I had a lady with um, degradation in her back. So her back was literally just breaking down and um, she's a little sugar in a diet, you know, dairy is inflammatory, red meat's inflammatory. So, you know, sugar's a big one, huge. So if you've yeah. got anything, especially uh, any kind of arthritis, osteo, anything like that, you really don't want to be doing anything sugary at all um, or citric. Especially with ac- acne as well. Yeah, like sugar, eliminate that sugar, have more natural, like, you know, natural honey, that sort of thing. Amazing. And if and it's if you're really, really craving it, you just have half a teaspoon of honey. Just eat it off the spoon. Yeah. You, you know, and it's it's um cleansing honey. Yeah. And even manuka, I mean, you think about manuka, that has all sort of medicinal property properties. And um, if I've got a sore throat spoonful of um, manuka i mean it's more expensive but um you only have it every so often it's not like you're having a new breakfast cereal every morning or you're in a cup of coffee but um yeah manuka just isn't in the cupboard i mean that's that's you know something that i consider part of my medicine cabinet you know mm. sore throat spoonful of that awesome um <laughs> yeah so that was great. Uh, I love that you got, you got to join us um, at the end. Uh, thank heavens, because I was sort of all the way through, fumbling through, going, oh, my God, oh, my God, Beck would have been speaking here. Um, but that was nice for you to join us just at the end. There. And I think there's some really good recommendations. I have put into the show notes a couple of things, um, the Oracle cards that I drew from today, and also the Louise Hay, uh, Heal Your Body. I've got a link there for that. So if anyone wants to find out more about that book, it is incredible and it really is a Bible um, and I do use it a hell of a lot. So, Beck, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. just looking at the cards. I'm looking at the picture of the cards and how yeah. 
how um, how much do they resonate? Deep healing, transition, mm-hmm. finding peace within yourself. Yeah. Amazing. It's everything Amazing. that's been going on with that yeah. gateway. I mentioned the gateway when I drew them, that portal that was open. Um, that was a massive one for heart, health, and ish, uh, money yeah. issues. And uh, funnily enough, Louise Hay, that desktop calendar that I have of hers, yes, uh, Thursday, yeah, Thursday, yesterday, um, the theme for the um, desktop calendar, the affirmation was, um, I heal my body so I don't have any health issues and um, money comes to me easily. And I'm like, what? What? I know. They were all the, they were all the things that they, <laughs> they were bringing it up and it was like it was health and money in the one affirmation. And I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Love How it. Amazing. Love so it, perfect. love it, love it. Um, so coming up in the next podcast, Beck, we were um, talking about this earlier. I think it's going to be an interesting convo. And Beck had a really amazing point. And she's got this incredible picture of this thing that's happening. I'm giving a bit of a teaser here. I'm not giving much info away. But it's about <laughs> gender. We're going to be talking about gender and maybe, you know, some gender confusion, some things that, you know, young people are dealing with. Um, but there's some changes that are coming. And I think that this is uh, something that's a great, you know, great change, really, really good change um, around that. So we'll talk more about that in the next podcast. But um, yeah, I think this is going to be really a good debate between the both of us. Mm. Thank you, Beck. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.